0: Hey there and welcome to a new episode of The Walk. I'm Father Roderick and it's misty today. It's very cold and chilly, definitely winter approaching. And it's gonna get worse, we're gonna get rain and then it's gonna rain for about three days in a row. Really not time to be outside. And actually I shouldn't be outside. And that's why I'm gonna keep this short but I am very much under the weather. I was uh, feeling so bad this morning that I was thinking of. uh, While I was in the car on the way on my way to the office, I was thinking of turning back, and uh, returning to bed. I think what I have is uh, either the start or the end of a of a bronchitis. Excuse me. And uh, and it's it's definitely changing. Started with a very deep rumbling in my um, the lower part of my lungs and uh, now it's moving upward so it's uh, starting to affect my throat and usually when I have this it is a reminder that my lungs have been damaged while I was in Rome uh, you may know that I've studied for two years in Rome which is one of the most polluted uh, cities that I know in Europe and that has definitely had an effect on my on my lungs and uh, the first year that I studied there, I worked so hard that my immune system uh, went down to the drain, and I incurred uh, something that was a i think it was a pneumonia or a beginning pneumonia which then started to uh, do so much damage and I, I just and I had the wrong treatment the, I went to a local doctor there not knowing that in Italy you'd better not go to a regular doctor because usually they're absolutely not up to up to date with their medical knowledge and she pres- pres- prescribed me uh, medication that well, way later when I went to the hospital I was treated by a real lung specialist this is something that we prescribed 30 years ago and it's actually totally the wrong, it's had the opposite effect and he could tell that the lungs had been damaged and he said you may get recurring bronchitis from time to time and when that happens you have to take it easy, you have to take as much rest as possible so here we are (laughs) (coughs) that is probably what I should do Uh, but I can't and that's uh, it's a trap that I've encountered many times in my life. That you try to create as much margin as possible. And uh, this year I was very good at doing that. I worked in advance so much on all levels. That when I got ill with the infection uh, of the kidney. The, uh, caused by the kidney stone. I lost three weeks because of that. Three weeks of work. But despite that. Um, it was business as usual because I'd worked ahead so much and there was so much margin. However, that margin is gone now and I'm paying the price for that. And uh, so the margin is not big enough because what happened now is that uh, because of the illness, I couldn't film what I planned to film. Uh, There was also, in addition to my own... Uh, infection there was the cancellation of a trip that I would film also for a TV show and that is why I came up with the idea well, I can make a documentary based on the footage that I shot during my vacation Um, however because it was just shots of my vacation and nothing uh, in, in terms of storytelling I had to basically create a story after the fact and that turned out to be a ton of work so I those two episodes really and I couldn't really uh uh hand it over to someone which I normally do. I rarely edit my own TV shows anymore. Um but I couldn't do this because this was all uh voice over driven. So I've I worked way too hard on those two episodes. And I think that's one of the reasons that right now I have this bronchitis or I'm not feeling well. It is just because I used up all my reserves. And, uh, well, it started a couple of days ago with headaches and just this overall feeling. I thought it was the flu or something like that. To feel really terrible and my muscles were aching, but then I didn't have a fever. That was weird. And then uh, a couple of days later, the rumbling in my lungs started, and that's when I realized it's probably uh, the beginning of a bronchitis. And, well, in the Netherlands, we're very, very um, hesitant to use antibiotics because of all the uh, immune problems, you know, with these resistant bacteria. Uh, So you don't get uh medication that quickly and most most of the time the doctor will just say you got to take it easy you got to take some rest and the fact is that's why i scheduled uh a week extra of extra vacation before christmas i think i shared this already so this is something new in my life i want to take a week off before the 24th of december So that I can ease into Christmas much better than previous years where I would be working um, literally until like 15 minutes before before Christmas Eve mass. I don't want that to happen again. But that means that everything for the next three weeks plus the first two weeks of January has to be already in place, has to be already pre-produced. And that means I have no more margin for, for taking more time off. That is why I'm walking right here now. Well, the train speeds by. But it also has given me more food for thought. Since I don't have that uh, margin and it is causing ill problems right now, I think most people would just stay at home. And call in sick but I can't do that because I'm living by the deadline uh, that means that it's again it's something I need to fix I cannot sacrifice my health to work that's never a good idea it happens that I was listening to an audio book the other day I think it was called something like uh, uh, it was a book about aging <laughs> <coughs> really about uh, the art of aging well or something like that. Mildly interesting. It was about, uh, more psychological, uh, written by a psychologist about the processes in your brain that happens, you know, memory, uh, physical problems. And it's also, how, how do you deal with the changes when you get older? Which is undeniable, in my case. Um, and in, a, in, a, in many... Respects the book is very reassuring. you know there's not really a memory problem. It's just that you, you start to rem- remember differently because you, you you sort things differently. you have more experience, uh, you make better choices when it comes to what is important to remember and whatnot. But there was also an interesting chapter about uh, the things to do um, in life, the choices to make so that you don't regret. Um, when you get older what you may have done and uh, they did some research with people that were uh, dying and asked them so what do you regret most if you look back on your life and uh, one of the recurring answers was I regret the most that I have not lived my own life but I have lived the life that other people wanted me to live. And that struck me because I'm thinking, I've heard this before many times and like, yeah, that is a very good question to ask yourself. Am I really living my life? Or am I living the life that is maybe self-imposed, but still controlled by other people or by deadlines or by work constraints? And shouldn't I change that? Because the easiest way is to just keep things as they are and try to deal with that. But that's not going to make you happy. (coughs) Oh, a little girl who is cold but at the same time her mom tries to put a hat on her head but she doesn't want the hat and then she's still crying because she's cold. These people are immigrants from Africa. So I can imagine that they are still getting used to the freezing temperatures here. <laughs> oh boy. So um, it's a very good question to ask yourself. In, in, to have, am I not falling in, in the tra- into the trap of trying to, to do everything that I've done before? Or is it time to make some new choices? also always comes down to discernment and priorities and that sort of stuff so I'm thinking this is another nudge for me in the direction of uh, uh, focusing more on these things that I really want to do and getting rid of the surplus of uh, activities so we've been working this morning with uh, Clary who's a woman who helps us with the whole marketing aspect of the catholic channel that we're running in the netherlands and uh it's been so helpful to think about these processes in terms of letting people undertake a journey with you it's not just hit or miss with uh, content that you make but you want to create a community and help people to become fans but also in a way customers of what you do or stakeholders and um to think about everything you do in that, in, you know, what, what is this? Is this first contact? Is this a follow-up contact? Is this something of value that you can sell so that you get a return on investment and can reinvest in what you do? And those questions have been very helpful in making the right choices for that Dutch channel. But it has also helped me think, rethink a lot of the things that I do uh, for my personal brand, uh, Father Roderick which is this, what you're currently listening to. It's uh, the podcast that I've been doing for 15 years or more than 15 years. It's also everything that I do on YouTube. And um, I've been thinking a lot about the potential that there is in building this up. And uh, the only thing that I keep telling myself is I I believe that now that I have 25,000 followers on youtube there is absolutely the material you need to get that algorithm into gear so it it is possible to grow this exponentially i have the the traction is there the fundament the the foundation is there what misses is uh a good focus and the also the focus the resources to uh to use this traction or this potential for traction in in laser focusing on on growing that audience. I was watching a couple of tutorials yesterday um, and what to do, what not to do with a YouTube channel and what can hamper your development. And I'm thinking, whoa, every time I realize this is what I'm doing wrong, this is what I should do with this. And so it helps me think, what is the next step? And I've learned a lot from a change that I made uh, for my on the online component of my TV show. Uh, this was a re- requirement that was imposed on, upon the program and on its makers uh, last year, as you have to have an online component. Social media, it's the future. <laughs> what are you going to do? So I just... Did what I did with podcasting and YouTube—it's just live stream after the episode and just talk and chat. Turns out, totally wrong audience for that. They don't go online. <laughs> it's older people. It's in the—it's right before <coughs> before dinner. <coughs> Plus, long form, twenty minute—you know—talking like ban- banter, like I do in podcasts. That's great for audio, but it's not so good for video. And so I was evaluating that uh, uh, last Thursday. <clears throat> we have a new head of uh, the religious programming. So it was a new person who, uh, and uh, she said immediately, "Well, why, why why do you continue that then?" Well, I'm say I'm contractually bound to to uh, producing an online component. And then she asked, "Well, is there a stipulation?" As to the duration or what it should be, no. She said, well, well, by by all means, change it. Do something different. And then she had an example of uh, another TV show, a Protestant TV show on the same channel. And they had had a viral video. And it was basically a a segment from a show that was cut in the editing because uh, the show ran too long. And it was a very short personal summary of the three things you should do it, when you're dealing with someone who is dying or something like that. It's something very personal, but it was concise. It was two minutes long, and it was like three points. It turns out they had like 20,000 shares of that, and it, 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 uh, it totally went viral because it was short, concise, and very personal and recognizable. Um, and... And she said, well, you're good. You you have a pastoral side as well. You're a priest. Why don't you do more pastoral things? Talk about, you know, the, I don't know, the three things that you can do during Advent that will change your life or stuff. Very simple things. And I was like, well, isn't that going to be too much like preaching, what I do in church? And she's like, well, with this audience... Is church-going audience, and it's it's a side of you that they don't see in the TV show. I would just give it a try and do lists. Just just do like three things or five things, and keep it very short. And it th- felt felt like such liberation. So that's what I've been trying out. Just speaking to the camera, the way I'm talking right now. Um, it's but instead of talking for half an hour or or, or forty five minutes, just have like a three-minute mini-homily. It's actually two minutes. And the first two episodes were immediately so much more... There was so much more interaction. People start to share it. They commented on it. Plus, for me, it was also much easier to make. I felt much better about it. I created some thumbnails. I've been doing the same with my Star Wars commentary on YouTube uh, on the Mandalorian episodes. The first two were just basically what i've done in earlier years uh when i did these secrets off shows it's just what everyone do is doing now just going through the entire episode and just droning on about the things that i liked and disliked and um and for the last two episodes i've been trying to condense it much more into something that is more bite-sized um and and uh uh doesn't always have to be you know on on camera so i used more um f- stills from the movie which or from from the episodes a lot more work and i created sp- uh more specific thumbnail artwork that resembles uh the competition and i'm feeling that if i would do that for all my content on youtube and focus on what makes Uh, my take on things unique which is this combination of faith and geek culture and I would keep things very short and keep it very personal and relatable then that will grow the the channel tremendously however in order to do that I need to focus on it you can only grow a YouTube channel if you can dedicate your energy uh, and Uh, learn also that you have to this is something you can't become an overnight success you can have an overnight viral video like I had with the Star Wars reactions but the growing the channel based on uh, the influx of new people that that gives you that requires absolute focus and then if I'm honest I have to say that is impossible right now because of all these other constraints mostly self-imposed but things that prevent me from doing one thing really well, and so I've been going in my mind, and I'm still this is an ongoing process, but I'm still thinking of what is so what is the fat that I can cut away, what is the the kind of stuff that is unique, and it's uh, definitely up my alley, and what is redundant, and what should I just let go, and it's especially that letting go of things that is the hardest um, I, I learned a little bit uh, from uh, observing TikTok this is Chinese social network it's super uh, popular right now with teenagers it's, it's very much like what Vine used to do and then Twitter killed Vine and everybody uh, moved over to Musical.ly <laughs> which is also <coughs> about these very short form videos And now TikTok bought Musical.ly and they're, I think, going to be huge. Definitely what Twitter is for the older people, uh, TikTok is for the younger generation. And I was looking at the stuff. This is all algorithm-based. You can't even search for things. So you look at these TikTok stars. And we're talking about, you know, billions of people on TikTok. And you see that the people that make it there are the teenagers that spend every single sleeping and waking minute on producing the exact you know content that, that it needs you can't just wing it uh you have to really know what you're doing and i think that that uh, for me was again a confirmation of the fact that if i want to do what i have to ask myself first what is the biggest potential what what matches my uh my own interests and qualities the best um, and what is feasible? Well, then it's obvious you can't do everything. Um, what is taking up most of my time right now is this weekly uh, work on the TV show. That's definitely the most energy. Podcasting does really take time, especially this. Uh, you have to do it every week. Um, this the walk. That's fine, I need to walk every day. Or, yeah, I need to, I should walk every day. I don't do it every week. But it's just a little walk. And uh, it doesn't require any special effects or much preparation. There's always something to talk about. And it's very effective. I regularly hear from, from you that uh, this is the show that helps you. Because it's oftentimes the questions that I ask myself or questions you also have to deal with. Um, plus, it's kind of unique. I don't think there are many... Podcast like this one. Um, the same is true. Uh, the other day, I was oh, uh, talking about the Catholic Insider and how much I en- enjoyed doing that because it was like an audio documentary, and uh, it was something unique. And the only show. And this is just just during lunch, we were talking uh, with the team about, uh, well, also about this dilemma, which which is impacting the or also the work that I do on the Catholic Channel um is i have to somehow simplify things and free up time and energy for um the things that i won't regret later on in life and then i was thinking about this weekly talk show that i do which is just this mishmash of things and and especially inga said that, that has become a bit redundant because everything you talk about during that podcast is stuff that you've already discussed in your Facebook posts, um, in during your Lego sessions on YouTube. It's um but also a lot of these topics are already old news because, well, huh, you've already uh seen this in your timeline and there is just it's very hard to pitch. I'm thinking, hmm, she has a point. She has a point. That's that's the only thing that I keep doing because I've done this for ages and I know that uh, it has a very loyal audience that enjoys it although it's very hard to uh, get metrics from the podcast we only see downloads but if you're like me you may have uh, subscriptions to 40, 50 podcasts and you only listen to 3 or 4 every week so how much is that really doing? on the other hand it's where the most loyal audience is but isn't it an idea to talk with that audience and see if if it still suits their needs it's not the biggest effort but it is still extra work and it it takes away focus it's definitely doing nothing on youtube when i look at these only the life aspect brings in some people but i could do that with other topics as well um but it's it's almost impossible to uh get people interested in watching an hour of just a talking head uh and i don't just don't have the time to make it to spice it up nor do i think that that would improve things because short form is the way to go on youtube or long documentaries that's another idea that's another part of the work that i have now i think how many times have i uttered this i so wish I could do what I do for Dutch television. I could do it for an international audience. Well, why don't I just go for that? But I can only focus on uh, you know being being a, a big YouTuber um, if I take away all the other stuff that currently uh, takes up my, most of my time. So there, there we go. I just wanted to throw that out. I'm not going to make any decisions at this point. Uh, First of all, I just want to take a good three weeks of vacation... And then uh, think about things, getting healthy again. And then I'm just going to ask you. I have to let go of something. What should we keep? And what can I trade in for something better? Because it's not that, you know, you throw away something and then you completely lose... Uh, that particular audience but it's it's also and we've tried this before remember two years ago when I was um, I was trying to do the daily breakfast again and instead of doing like a long podcast an hour long I tried to create these again the kind of talking head videos um, where I would just splice up the show into smaller parts and then reconnect those in audio form uh, totally didn't work um, so that is an experience that showed me that's not the way to go either so what is, what is the best thing to do? hmm, still thinking about it um, but the biggest issue that I need to deal with is of course the um, I think exaggerated weight of of the TV show and uh I pitched last week the idea that uh, maybe I should turn maybe I want to turn this uh, it's not maybe I want to turn the TV show into a travel program because that is why that is what I can do in a short amount of time I can go on a journey for three weeks and that will give me 15 episodes I just know that by from experience um, and it is it's traveling, it's uh, taking people somewhere, I like to do that and uh, judging from the viewer numbers lately the episodes about Ireland, about Lourdes about France, they did pretty well so why not if that's what people like to watch why not just shake things up and do that, that would free me up for um, at least three months per half year that's considerable amount of time that I then could focus on. Plus, these <laughs> travel videos <coughs> could also, I think, uh, be material that can be done, like we've done for Scotland. That We, we produce that for two, two audiences, an international audience and a Dutch audience. Um, so that is, uh, I think, more that is also longer lasting uh i discovered things to chris raven uh sorry chris sorry to Cliff raven <laughs> um he uh he said he discovered a channel with lots of documentaries and he got hooked on that and i'm looking at these documentaries and i'm thinking oh that's exactly what i what i make for dutch television uh, and uh i think i could i could do better <laughs> and well, the, that, that, is, that is definitely something that lasts a lot longer than these weekly shows where I just blabber on about, you know, the latest movie that I haven't seen because, let's be honest, I hardly ever go to the movies anymore. I just don't have time. And when I have time, I'm too wiped out. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I, I have a hard time reading a book every week. So that's already two episodes, two parts of the show that um, are, and and then then the text stuff. It's all stuff that uh, you've already read if you're into that kind of material. And then you've got the peculiar bunch, which which is fa- explanation of faith. But wouldn't YouTube be a much better area to do that? Because then you can isolate those explanations, and they would be much easier to share. I don't know. It's a. Uh, it's a thought process but uh, uh, the fact is I think that if I would focus more on this YouTube channel and on the international documentaries in the end that would be able to benefit a vast audience compared to what I'm reaching now with uh, the podcast Um, so maybe it's time for a change and I know that change is always risky. It's always dangerous. When I made the switch from SQPN to Tridio, that was a huge step which filled me with apprehension. And I still think it was the wisest thing to do and has really not affected uh, my my followers that much. I'm still here. I'm still doing things. I'm still entertaining you, hopefully, and and giving you food for thought. So... The trick is, I think, to make, that, make any, any change with your audience and not for your audience. So that's why I'm just uh, asking you if you have any thoughts about this. Let me know. Um, I, think that, I think I'm, I'm on to something. And I'm definitely uh, intrigued by this p- potential of growing the YouTube channel to something that is huge. And I know from the comments I get on a daily basis, there's so oh, that's another reason for me too why YouTube is so wonderful, is the amount of interaction, which is insane. Uh, oh, I see they've destroyed uh, even more of the oh that's, we have the chapel, the baptism chapel here, and they, there used to be this plastic cover in front of the stained glass windows kids play here and they keep destroying the stained glass window and now you see there's another hole in the window why don't they just protect that I don't know, uh, whatever, not my problem um, what was I saying yeah, so the amount of interaction and also the influx of new people on YouTube is so much bigger than I've ever had with podcasting and I read on a daily basis comments from people that tell me that uh, I've helped them rediscover faith or for some some people I'm just the last straw that they cling on to that helps them believe that they're you know that God is still there and and I'm doing nothing extraordinary on YouTube it's just a little vlog it's some Star Wars stuff it's nothing special but I if I see how much it means and how how often i get this kind of feedback thinking this is this is also a sign that it may be where god is calling me to to move uh will that mean the end of the walk <laughs> probably not because really this is for me always a it's like talking to myself <laughs> <coughs> it's just a way for me to think about things plot a course uh but it may have some consequences for um, the other weekly show that I do. Would that be a problem for you? Is this something you can go along with? Uh, Let me know. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Hey, I gotta get inside because otherwise I'm gonna get even sicker than I already am. Thanks for listening and I'll keep you up to speed and if you want to support me and my future endeavors... Patreon.com/ father Roderick is the way to go and uh, I'm already very happy with the small community that is helping me but these bigger plans is also going to mean uh, that I need maybe more resources and uh, it right now the patrons are covering about two thirds I think of the of my income of what I uh, need to pay to my <laughs> bishop to in order to do this work Um, so we're getting there but a little bit more help would free me up even more and would also enable me to hire people instead of doing all the work myself especially an editor I would love to get my own editor for all the YouTube stuff that's a dream but let's first see if I can pay my own bills and then we'll see if we can scale that up but Ah. Thanks for your help. Thanks for listening. And I will talk to you soon. God bless.